Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. I love the thumb, Paul. Right. Well, welcome to the No Nonsense. No, yeah, let's start again. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 61. Um, Today, another super special guest. Um, shout out to Steve from last week, I just want to say, because it, I listened back on our episode, um, and I don't listen to all of our episodes back, because you would probably think that's a, a little bit of, um, what's the word, megalomaniac-ish to obviously listen back to your own podcast, but I uh, really found it interesting. On the Paulie, what did you think of the steroids episode? I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it was very good, very insightful for the, to get away from the stigma, I guess. Uh, of steroids. I want. I want to bring it up because we did get obviously a couple of people's feedback about. Uh, oh, it sounded like we were kind of promoting drug use, and I just want to say out there, we were not promoting drug use in any way, shape, or form. I'd like to just caveat that. Um, it just like you say, the the stigma of, of kind of, well, the whole performance in, uh, enhancing drugs thing is. Not really understood by a lot of people, in my opinion. I thought it was just quite insightful, really, in terms of someone that is involved in that area to kind of give their own opinions. Um, but I just thought it was really interesting. So, anyway, Paulie, my man, how are you? I am good. I'm enjoying week one of the summer holidays off work for six weeks. Oh, you lucky lad. Yeah, but you're off anyway, aren't you? No. Being a dad, you got some type of extra dad privilege I, I don't work Fridays if that's what you mean ah okay so, no yeah it's been really good I mean I'm basically just doing the same as I was after work just DIYing still yeah. so you caught me on a day when I get to well that's you made sure I'm obviously not at the house in amongst the rubble that's actually coming on now good because well we've obviously got an incredibly special guest today which uh, obviously you've purposely made the time for. It's nice. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yes. I do a rollout occasionally, don't I? Yeah, you do. You do. Well, obviously, I'm the only stalwart here, week in, week out. In fact, I have missed one episode when I was on holiday, but otherwise, I'm here. You got to just rock up when you want. Yeah, that episode didn't. Wasn't that the one that got the most sort of listeners when you got when you were off? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? No, it wasn't. That was actually Ed and Fran, if you remember. I don't know if you were on it or not. I can't remember who else was on it. But um, no, no. How dare you? I think the one, actually, I think if people are interested, the episode that had the most downloads so far, I think other than the James Smith one, um, but then he has a huge audience. So I guess that is obviously taking the ratings up on that one a little bit. But outside of that, it was me and Ed doing all the, the um, dogmatic diet episode, one of the early ones where we uh, kind of, laughably went through all the different types of diets which is you know people obviously like that yeah no it's all good so yeah it's been a a pleasant first week in the weather's been great i managed to send you a carb killer bar to try you did new flavor the birthday cake which i am not usually it's not i don't like birthday cake i'm just always underwhelmed because um they just don't. They just taste of nothing normally. Most birthday cake flavor products are just you know they don't taste anything like birthday cake. They just taste of vanilla nothingness, um, or they're either really sickly, overly sweet vanilla nothingness. And for me, that's not particularly appetising. But 
this was very nice. Um, I wouldn't say it was overly sweet. It was quite sweet, but I wouldn't say it's overly sweet. And it did have a very nice texture, um, despite being completely uh, compressed, compressed by, by the raw mail. Because, yeah, it was pretty flat, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I even put it in a jiffy envelope, but that didn't help. Wow. So, uh, you know, I joked on my, uh, my review of it, but um, it's a good job there isn't a structure test because that would have failed quite considerably. I, I guess the warm weather's definitely not helped. Probably sat in a warm van for ages, but thank you, mate. You know, no problem. You know, fam, sending me protein bars. Feel free to send some more if you really feel like the need to, because yeah. I'm always interested in protein bars, as you know. Speaking of sending me protein bars, we have a hero on the line, patiently waiting, who also sent me a protein bar that I really want to try, um, because and he doesn't like people saying this, but he is associated with the brand PhD. Um, you know, he's pulling off some little, he's probably going to do a little uh, gun pose or something now. Um, we've got Big Dan Osman. He's actually, my phone is Big Dan Osman as well. So, how you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, I'm Big Dan Osman. I don't get that often, actually. Skinny guy Dan Osman these ah, days. Not true, not true. <laughs> no, actually, tell a lie, it was Big Dan Osman in my teens, but we'll we're cover that today. Yeah, <laughs> well, um, I could be worse. I could have called you Meathead Dan Osman, which... Oh, <laughs> I don't oh want... do you know what? I've never had that. I've had that twice this year, so no. I'm doing something right. That's where I got it from. <laughs> and obviously, you didn't get when I when I said that. You didn't quite get the reference, I don't think, because I saw I saw you said about in your story about that did, guy I giving was you abuse, te teasing you as well. <laughs> yeah, you did tease me. I felt bad. I was, oh shit, he's taking offence. <laughs> <laughs> How's things, mate? All well? Yeah, very well, thank you. Yeah, really, really well, thank you. Just busy with work. Um, this is kind of one of those awkward questions because people ask me this and it's generally all I've got to report on these days is work. Mm. Man needs a social life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's probably nothing that a big bottle of tequila can't fix. Yeah, special occasions. I've got, this has obviously got round because I've probably got seven bottles in my cupboard unopened at the moment. So, um, yeah, I need to dish those around or book some more nights out, I think. Yeah, well, big pie at dance. <laughs> I don't yeah, know what... This is my well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't know why, but I think you Essex boys. I bet you got a hot tub, right? No, man. What? Yes, I'm just thinking tequila hot tub. Sounds like a good party. Do you know what? That, that's probably coming from Towie. Proudly, I've never watched an episode of Towie. Have you not? I think it's out of principle. Yeah. I almost I get that little cringe moment now when I tell people where I'm from. Like I need to overly express. No, no, actually, I can. You know, string a sentence together. Well, definitely that. Like. Uh, one of the reasons also we want, not, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons we want on is because obviously the senses you do string together are very, very insightful. So, um, yeah, hence we, uh, we want to get, make sure we get some of that knowledge out of your head and share it with the world. Thank you. I, I think some of it's subjective, opinionated stuff. Obviously, some of it I've drawn from research and whatnot, but much from personal experience as well. Um, yeah, I was a big lad at school, you know, Definitive numbers in my mind are 15 and 15. At 15, I was told I was 15 stone, which was a bit of a shock. Mm. Uh, never a sporty kid, never really active. I was always that kid that had an excuse for PE or not doing PE, as it were. Um, and then largely, like I think most people find motivation these days, it's, it comes from a point of desperation or inspiration. And I just reached the point where I was desperate to do something about that. And that's kind of where my focus shifted. In health and fitness and um, just changing myself and going to university, I knew I'd have to do something I was probably thoroughly interested in. 
ostracised myself for a little bit and then just kind of submerged myself into, um, yeah, changing a few things. Mm. Yeah, sure, sure. No, uh, I mean, obviously, definitely the, I don't know if I was 15 stone, but um, and maybe a little later in teens, but I can resonate with kind of that desperation part. It's definitely, I mean, I think we've all probably been there, in, or certainly not all the, I guess a lot of people in the fitness industry start their journeys that way as well, don't they? Because obviously they start being, being overweight themselves and then, you know, get into it, get involved, learn a bit more and then start to, to help other people. Yeah, I mean, like putting a positive spin, I think from a point of reflection is um, you've, you've got that empathy there. So, you know, a large degree of the people we work with, especially, they, they deal with those issues. So, it, it you know, it helps with the job to have an understanding of what that feels like. Um because it's, it's all very easy telling people like to man up, exercise, and you know I don't know what you're crying about. Feel better, better about yourself. Do something about it. But actually, if you've been there, you'll realise it's as simple as it sounds. It's it's just not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's that's absolutely true. In it, like it's it, the principle of weight loss is so simple, but it's not easy. And I find that with coaching as well. Like coaching, it's one of those things where. It, it's it seems like a really simple complex, and like you say, it's kind of like well. You know, here's a spreadsheet. You know, follow the macros on it, or you know, here's what to eat. Follow that, and it's kind of like, well, it, it is that easy, but it's not that. Oh, sorry, it is that simple, but it's not that easy to get people to follow it. That's all the, the beauty of coaching. A good coach will be able to kind of use all of these subjective tricks to I say tricks. I don't know if that's really the, the right phrase, but you know, what I mean, obviously, they, they kind of get these these coaching methods or cues to get people to follow a diet in their own way. Um, I think that's kind of like the, the beauty of coaching, really, and why like good coaches really stand out. Yeah, and um, I'm coining someone else's phrase here. It's like someone embarks on a 12-week transformation. Fantastic, great work, you. Show me that person two years later and what kind of behavior traits and habits they built up from, from that process. And great job to the coaches. Mm-hmm. There's got to be... Uh, an educational pathway there because otherwise it's pointless and you'll see that these these seasonal kind of multi transformers if you like that they're, they're always doing some sort of transformation or they're always doing a photo shoot just because they don't know how to live in between yeah totally um, so let, let's let's find out so obviously you kind of mentioned a little bit about where you, you start let's find out a bit more about you then so for listeners um that don't know you what 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 do you want to tell them about you um, well, as I said, you know, started off as a relatively big lad. Um, reached that point of desperation, very unhappy with certain things. Almost had to ostracise myself from that social group at the time. Um, yeah, had to take some drastic action. Very much got into road running, visiting the local gym. Uh, I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which I, I just loved the discipline of that. Um, and it very much became a case of sink or swim. Um, you'd get paired to roll with, you know, guys that had, once I'd lost some weight, definitely uh, had a few stone on you. So kind of became a little bit obsessed with physical performance and just getting a bit stronger, faster. And that's when I decided I wanted to go to university. And I did my undergrad at Hertfordshire in sports studies. Um, quickly realised that it's, it's all very good uh, following that, that pathway, but if you've got no real experience, no one want to have a look at you. So I did some experience with the EIS at the end of that time. I did my... PT qualifications, all the rubbish jobs, handing out um, towels, cleaning other people's sweat off machines, doing body MOTs. Um, I did a stint with the strength and conditioning department there. We started working with what was then, it might have changed now, the Talented Athletes Scholarship Scheme, which was just supporting university athletes with what they were doing at university. 
Um, I did my UKCA in that time period. I just tried to get as much. It was free at the time, you know, I could fall to our studying uh, experience as possible. Originally had my master's planned and um, an opportunity came up. I just applied for it with a strength and conditioning internship at Saracens Rugby Club. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, although I was hell-bent on doing my master's at the time, it was what anyone I spoke to was like, great, qualifications are one thing, but actually we want some wealth of experience as well. So I did a sit there as well as doing my PT stuff in the gym. A uh, couple of years down the line, relocated back to Essex um, and started my own business, Ace Performance and Nutrition, and um, now coach one-to-one online and deliver a series of nutritional seminars locally. Um, so yeah, I just I just work with people daily now. Uh, I love it. It's, you know, it sounds really cheesy and cliche to say, but you you meet such an array of people. Um, no two days are the same. So yeah, that's me in much longer than I planned, but in a nutshell. <laughs> no, 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 that's really cool. It's, it's good to hear, because obviously I didn't know a lot of that. I didn't know, obviously, that you, obviously, the, the Saracens thing, and, um, yeah, it's really cool to hear. I get, like, obviously, you never mentioned anything around your, do you call it sponsorship with PhD, or? How, uh, I, know, I, I, I know you don't like amb- it. But. Ambassadorship. Ambassadorship, um, okay. Yeah, I, would ne- I wouldn't at this time, or really ever, class myself as an athlete. I mean, I've, you know, I've done a, a good few shows, and I've, We've got an all right nick for it, but in terms of paid work, achieving anything distinctive, I don't believe I have. I wouldn't class myself an athlete. I just too modest. Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, so no, they're, they're great. I mean, they've supported me. They really they support my my nutritional seminars now as well. So it's it's a uh, it's a brand I believed in before I joined them, which is why I approached them in the first place. Um, genuinely great products, but then. That, that give and take process is, you know, they're very supportive in everything I do and it's not just get your kit off, that's yeah. what you've got underneath there. It's, it's nice to, to know that people actually want to hear what you've got to say as well and, you know, what, what value you can offer to other people, yeah, which, is, yeah, which is really nice, you know, as you guys know from a professional perspective, to know you can add value to other people's lives. Mm. That is quite cool to hear because I guess it's probably quite rare that... Um, people have the opportunity to do that because you know, like we all know, when sponsorship deals happen or you know, kind of ambassadorships or whatever, um, <laughs> often people will get asked for stuff or to do stuff maybe that ethically they don't quite believe in. But obviously, the temptation of kind of the positive aspects or the you know, kind of the benefits you can get from you know, kind of the exposure of being an ambassador or an athlete or whatever else, and uh, I guess even just the free products it comes down to that can be a bit too tempting to kind of. Let, let go of your ethics or morals a little bit? Yeah, I, th- I think it should be. Um, hopefully what is for most a mutually beneficial relationship mm. is that, you know, a little bit give and take. But then, as you said, you know, it's uh, trying to think, for want of a better phrase, is uh, some have the depth of a puddle in that they would sell their soul for a bag of protein crisps. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's my issue. You know, protein <laughs> cheese. I sold my soul for a fridge full of spreadable. <laughs> yeah, but it's good protein cheese. To be fair, you know I use that stuff all the time. Yeah, it is. Now, to be like, some someone said, I can't remember. They made a joke about it and like basically kind of saying how I jumped on the cheese cheese bandwagon recently. And I said, hang on a minute, I've been using that since it first came to Tesco's in about 2015. Like I've yeah. been buying that. I spent a small fortune on that, buying it through dieting periods, like genuinely a small fortune. Because obviously, it's like four or five quid a block. It's not cheap. So. When they approached me and said, "Do you want to kind of like be an ambassador?" I was like, "Hell yeah!" Just for the free cheese, like, because because <laughs> basically you're saving me about twenty five quid a month 
on yeah, on I mean, cheese. Yeah, due to cheese. Yeah, so it, and for the exact same reason, it's something that I completely thought was a genuinely a good product. I mean, like I, I'll bang on about it, but the macros are better than whey protein. I mean, you don't and, and it's a cheese. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, it's not cheddar. It's not full fat cheddar. We like I've said it enough times. I know that. But and they they have worked really hard the last couple of years actually to improve the recipes and that has definitely got better. Cause I, I think I, I had a look the other day my first ever review of that product on Instagram and like I read it now and think that doesn't read how it, I would now describe it. So definitely for me the the product has got better over time. So um, yeah, I'm I'm more than happy. This, the same principle saying it's just nice to have this because they don't ask a lot from me other than to obviously in fact they don't ever ask me to do anything. Like, I promote it off my own back really. Yeah. But obviously I guess that that's that's kind of what they. They, you know, they want me as ambassadors to, to pr promote it yeah. clearly, but they, they obviously value that, which is yeah. Well, they ask little in return, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and all I want is the free cheese. So, <laughs> feed me but cheese. The, the, yeah. the new stuff they brought out is good. The yeah. smoked one's very good, and the spreadable is ah oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's just the smoked one you can't get in the supermarkets though, which makes it yeah. 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 Now I'll let you into a little little secret here. I don't. Think oh, it's their, no, no, no. It's don't think it's their doing. I think the stock oh, really? is, yeah, I think like Tesco's basically don't want to stock it yet, um, which for me is mad. Who's making decisions at Tesco's or, or whoever, you know, the supermarkets <laughs> because that's better than the original, like for me. But I guess, uh, I don't know if a smoked cheese is a an acquired taste as such, but I don't think it is. I think the smoked cheese is amazing. Every, all, the, every, all the feedback I seem to get is always like the smoked is the best. Mm. So, although, yeah. I, although, although I genuinely do love the spreadable. Like I literally, I mean, they sent me like something like 30 pots of the stuff this month. And I've just been eating it in the after. I've just eaten a whole pot every afternoon with like carrot sticks or like marmite rice cakes or something, just instead of a protein bar. So lovely. Anyway, sorry, sorry before I took off on a cheese tangent. Uh, if anyone wants to, online shop Brett ten ten percent off. Oh, I can't believe I just did that. Oh dear, never mentioned that either. Um, <laughs> let's 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 take it back to some value. Let's let's. Let's go on to the content of what we actually want to talk about today. So, um, obviously, Dan, like uh, for those that do follow you, will have seen a lot of the like the the re recent social media uh, content that you've been putting out. Um, I've not been shy of kind of saying how uh, how much I love it. So, I really wanted to get you on. Thank you. No, no, you're welcome. Um, credit where credit's due. I, I really wanted to get you on because I thought, right, there's loads of insightful stuff that I think you could talk about which would just you know like be really cool for listeners to hear so one of the main things i really want to go around is kind of like your um and i know you said obviously a lot of it might be opinions or whatever but your opinions on body image i guess how potentially that can affect people's happiness or um actions and all of the above almost so um i just would be really cool if we just have a very casual discussion about it because i guess like the the whole concept itself is quite subjective anyway um i know there'll be definitions or there'll be certain criteria which to be honest i'm in no way shape or form any type of authority or expert on so anything i say um anyone listening take them a pinch of salt um but still i thought it'd be really interesting chat to, to go through so and we've got paul here because um we just got paul here yeah yeah We've all got body, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My body yeah. issues. All right, well, we've got Paul here because he wants a free counselling session. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think, I think, to be fair, everyone, to a certain degree, has some sort of body dissatisfaction uh, on some level, whether it's, you know, I don't like the shape of my head, my ears are too big, or, you know, I'd like to lose a few pounds. But I do think there's a distinct difference between a bit of dissatisfaction in how you look 
uh, and wanting to make a conscious effort to improve that. And then the other ex extreme end of the spectrum in, in that someone's actually got, a, you know, an extreme disorder to the point, you know, they may get social anxiety, they ostracise themselves in social situations, they don't want to go out and eat and because um, they're scared of or fearful of what other people think of them. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's important to distinguish where people are at with that. Um, yeah, before we can draw opinions on terms of what or who's to blame, um, much is much is put on the media, and certainly the media is, is to blame to a certain degree. But um, you know, as we we discussed previously, is I do think you have to be a certain personality type to be susceptible to that sort of influence. Is there something underlying there? You know, just using myself as an example, is I have that history of being overweight, so perhaps my perceptions of myself are a little bit skewed, uh, and you know. Perhaps that's just me. Um, I'm not saying that that will never change or that will never improve, but you know, there's definitely certain things that I'm still unhappy about. And I think if we're all truthful, everyone's unhappy with a little certain something. Mm. Um, but yeah, certain personality types are more susceptible to being influenced. And you know, if we if we look at things like the clean eating movement, there's clean eating is a broadly used term that you know, we all use, but an extreme personality type might use that in the literal sense. In, it almost becomes moralising terminology and they associate food choices with how they feel about themselves. And I, I feel this is something, certainly something that body image has almost done. And what we're fed to by the media as well as, you know, Geordie Shaw or whatever it is and these constantly jacked dudes is successful people are good-looking jacked people and, you know, people almost associate them with that, how they look or how they feel they look, with how successful and how happy they should or will be in life. Um... Yeah, that's kind of sad, I think, in a way. But um, perhaps it's a little sad truth, but definitely something I, I feel that people may need to be more aware of. Well, I mean, so what do you think kind of like the main issues with people's perception of body? You touched on a little bit then, but I guess like, or, or maybe we should start with like defining, if we can, what like a body image issue would be in your eyes. I know you just, again, like you just said, defining the difference is important but let's just start with like kind of like what what give us some maybe some examples of define what you think like an issue with body images um what body image disorder the rep i mean the example i gave was perhaps that it actually prohibits you from doing things in life um it's closely associated with constantly looking yourself in the mirror or not being able to look at yourself in the mirror thoughts of your own perception constantly dwelling on your mind or others perceptions of you um yeah, and just thoughts of oneself and almost being caught in that vicious cycle of that, that inner monologue that's always worried about what others think of you and you worrying about how you look yourself. I think that's some telltale signs that is a little bit more than body satisfaction there. And actually, it's, you know, and I'm by no means a psychologist, but I do think um, a certain element of psychology is important with our jobs and certainly with the people we work with mm -hmm. uh, and the different personality types we're exposed to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I saw that ability to sort of read and maybe pre-read people how they're going to be affected by stuff definitely is, is sort of quite a big, a big factor that once you become sort of coach, or especially if you're coaching, and I think it's probably could be harder online if you're on if your if your business is based online, you obviously don't get that as much interaction one to one with clients or people. So it's quite hard to get a, a sort of read on people. Because obviously people's, even if you're going sort of not background checking, but looking at people's Instagrams, looking at people's Facebooks, you kind of get to see a bit of their, a glimpse into their life. But obviously that's a snapshot of not, not necessarily the full truth. So people can 
be a very different person on social media than compared to how once they're off it. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's a highlight reel. There. Yeah, because obviously, as we've all sort of come, I think going from a personal sort of perspective, when I lost a fair bit of weight, um, I don't. I, I think it's because I saw a picture of myself actually on Facebook randomly on a, with my top off, and I was like, Jesus Christ, how did I get? Didn't even realize I was that big. I stopped playing football and just enjoyed way too much lads, 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 beer time. Um, and yeah, but then once obviously I dieted down, I was happy. But then I was like, Jesus, I've not got the muscle mass I thought I did have. Yeah. I, was just, I thought I was just a chunky, chunky lad. I thought, oh, that's, once I diet that, like, sort of lose a bit of fat, I'll be all right. I'll be quite muscular. Then I was like, Jesus, actually, I've got zero muscle mass. So then the sort of issue is the other way. Then you've got that, right, now I'm dissatisfied with the amount of muscle mass I need. Now I need to go back the other way. It's kind of that sort of, if, like you're saying, some, some people are quite susceptible to that sort of yo-yoing sort of feeling of up and down oh my god that, that just becomes can snowball and get worse and worse can't it it's just mm-hmm. a it's quite a tough situation to kind of be in especially mm. if you're doing it on your own alone not so obviously pushing coaching all the time but it's good to have someone sort of as a balance to sort of yeah you out a bit it's, it's it's not distinctly different but i think there's definitely been a prevalence of it arising men as well it's you know, women have scrutinised their own bodies and had their their bodies scrutinised for years, and it's it's definitely something that's become more apparent with with men and boys, and you know, superheroes getting more jacked, figurines getting more jacked. It's you know, as an extension of that and this whole masculinity movement, it's it's almost reflective of your masculinity. You've got to be a jack dude to be masculine and strong and you. <laughs> Yeah, I think he needs to uh, visit the toilet. Oh, right, okay. So you, you feel free to carry, carry on. That's fine. Yeah, so it's, it's almost an extension of our masculinity in that, um, you know, we're encouraged to be jacked, ripped, strong, not talk about feelings, and the only feelings we, we express are feelings of anger, but, you know, that, that's a whole mental health other side of it. Um, but then probably our generation, Paul, you know, we, <laughs> our definitive character of mas- masculinity was like James Bond. Like, yes, sociopath womanizer who uh yeah murders people for a living but you know <laughs> yeah that's it's, the masculine side of the builder that goes to the pub in the evening with the sort of, with the workmates and stuff that's kind of the the masculine side of the world now it's flipped to that gym stays in the gym obviously the younger lads there's obviously quite a prevalence with sort of enhancing themselves with, with things which we obviously touched on on the last episode um yeah, it's that, that very, the, the sort of self-image wasn't there. Definitely not when I, on, if it was, it wasn't talked about. You just, mm. you yeah. just, just, just generationally, or whatever the reason is, I don't distinctly know, mm. is the honest answer to that. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely on the rise. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to say, like, I guess, like, inevitably, the social media thing's going to come up as a conversational point. But before we get on that, I just wanted to ask a question, Dan. Like, so obviously you said you competed, um, got very, very lean for shows. For me, my experience of dieting, just even with myself, and obviously like observational with clients, I know some of the characteristics that you would say are negative characteristics of things of people with, say with that 
characteristics of body in all sense the people have body image disorders but you know like the characteristics of them some of us will probably have suffered from at some point like you said things like constantly looking in the mirror or you know like I suppose potentially pinching areas to to kind of see if it's changed I know that's something that I've done when I've dieted but I don't see it as a disorder as such or even as a negative behavior even though mm. I know I know that Jenna's commented before my wife and said like you know, oh, like you looked at yourself in the mirror, obviously, why do you always do that? Or why do this? And I'm like, well, I'm just kind of, you know, just checking it out. I'm just, you know, for me, it's not a negative thing. Is, is that something you did when you dieted for your show? Um, and do you see it as a negative thing or? I mean, if, in hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing is my first show, if you like, was me about putting those inner demons to rest and, you know, leaving that fat kid, quite frankly, behind. And, you know, I wasn't going to let that person define my future, but you guys will find as well working in the industry there's a certain amount of and cue the violins pressure that comes with that you're expected to look a certain way you're expected to be a certain way so it's you know it's the point i may bump into some of my clients in the supermarket before they've made eye contact they're looking at what i've got in my shopping basket you know people are innately judgmental so at that time that was about putting some demons to rest but maybe i'm a little bit susceptible to that because actually you guys would appreciate as well the psychology of seeing yourself at your physical best and then slowly watching that disappear it's a tough one, you know, and then you feel you have certain standards to, to uphold as well. And, you know, being associated with the fitness industry and comparing yourself to others and what other people are doing and, you know, social media on the rise. It's, I have in the past put a lot of pressure on, my, on myself to look a certain way. Uh, and that is only something the last couple of years, really, and probably a lot since my daughter came along, I'm more at ease with is um, I feel I have more to offer than just that. But Unfortunately, the shallowness of our industry sometimes is, is your knowledge is associated with how you look. Mm -hmm. I think that sort of washes over as well into sort of the general pop as well. I mean, I have had the same sort of moments of feeling my nutritional sort of knowledge might not be taken on board as much because I'm not a competing athlete in a show or whereas people will kind of be like kind of look at you and be like well you you're not ripped you haven't got six pack mm. if, if you know so much why aren't why aren't you like that and uh, there is that sort of pressure but again like you say that could be something that is sort of that i have in my coming from having being quite weighty and that and going then going down but then it's i suppose you, you we've all got our little demons that you've got to kind of battle at times and sort of to get your sort of points and your knowledge across to people because obviously once people do start listening you can kind of yeah that, that's that's why from a coaching perspective i think you know i'm always very transparent with my clients and back to your question brett is uh unwittingly at the time i was probably putting myself in a little bit of a pressure cooker mm. and that that was all about laying those demons to rest but actually was i creating some more because you know, at the time, it's, it was my first show. I was into the whole clean eating ideology. I, you know, I lived out of a Tupperware box a lot of the time. And um, it's hard to let that stuff go. Um, but, you know, you learn your best lessons from your mistakes made. But I, I hopefully that's a transferable skill in our coaching was, which is I, I feel I can recognize that better in other people now. So, you, I mean, you, you see it in certain people that they're year-on-year -year dieting. They, they actually don't, don't look any different. And it almost screams up. I'm stuck in this rut of having to live a certain way and look a certain way because this is an expectation of me, but it's a self-imposed expectation. You know, no one forces us to do that. It's a choice. It was a choice for me to do my shows. It's been a choice for me to do photo shoots in the past. It's, 
it's a, now a choice for me to go for ice cream rather than um, eating clean or, you know, chicken, broccoli and rice. And, you know, it's it's what you're willing to give up. And I'm, I'm quite comfortable now with admitting, because here's a point, the talking point is you, you've competed before, you bump into people that compete as well. When are you next competing? I'm quite comfortable now saying, I'm not going to compete. I've got no interest in it at the moment. But more importantly, I'm not willing to make the sacrifices necessary to get in that shape anymore. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that that's one of the things, isn't it? It's where anybody, especially in our, our sort of the world we live in, your choice to get into shape comes with the need to diet, adhere to a quite a strict diet. You need to be in a hefty sort of uh, deficit for a prolonged period of time. Um, and then that, that obviously transfers over to, to gen pop people when they are dieting because they have allowed without the education and they have allowed themselves to get overweight but they're not going to starve which is the sort of you, obviously we see a lot of people moaning about um or not having enough cal- calories in the day but then you know, i think of the uh, a large population of the world is actually starving that's kind of the sort of yeah we don't know what hunger is we've no, no idea <laughs> yeah like you go you, two three hours to lunch and people are complaining i'm so hungry i'm like well you're not you're not going to pass out here are you we're going to get through this it'll be fine it's as you said boys like it's acceptance in those you know those compromises necessary it's like you know what i could i could do better and i certainly find this for some of my clients is hopefully through the educated process of working together they're well aware that they probably could get leaner but actually my definition of happy is getting on the piss three times a week with my mates and I'm not willing to sacrifice that. If I want to get leaner, I know I can, but at this moment in time, I'd much rather do that. And to me, that's cool. That's fine. I'm still doing my job because that person understands why they're doing that. Same as if they were to cut that stuff out, they'd, they'd understand why they're making those sacrifices. But I think um, the whole body image thing, when it becomes, uh, you almost become a prisoner to that ideology where you feel you can't because you don't understand that. You know, like individuals we work with that, they feel they have to cut out gluten, wheat, you know, lactose, alcohol, sugar, all these things that have been demonised over the years because that is their only way of understanding that it's possible to get that lean. And when you have people in the media, certain celebrities um, or their, you know, whoever they idolise body-wise, telling them and sharing that message, it just confirms their biases and that's all they need to hear. Mm-hmm. It then becomes a belief system, you know, and it's difficult to break apart people's beliefs. How, how, so how do you feel... Because I say, inevitably, it's always going to come up as part of the reason why, maybe. But how do you feel like social media has influenced this pressure cooker environment, if that's a good way to describe it, kind of coining your phrase, or this kind of like expectation levels of people, given, I guess, like Instagram's a prime example. And, and I'm, I, I remember ages ago listening to a podcast by shredded by science with lawrence on it i can't remember who he interviewed even if he or maybe he didn't interview anyone i can't remember but i remember them talking around some research on kind of like instagram uh you know the whole fitspiration fitspo stuff and the, the research yeah. was based on like loads of images when they were kind of looking through the stuff that's that's kind of under like the fitspiration hashtag and it's kind of like images of um either like young females what you call like thin and toned um, or males that are basically like jacked, lean, and muscular, um, and I guess like a lot of those things are very much ideals that 
if you have if you don't have the best genetics or the best habits or the best history are things that are very difficult to maintain or uphold for, for a long period of time so kind of like that, that's kind of where the pressure cooker environment comes from in that it, it just puts all this pressure to look like these but what are, yeah, your, oh. what, what are your thoughts on that well i think like from that you said it's the sustainability of maintaining it but for actually the reality of some people is is they will never look the way they want to look you know, they idolise a certain body image or, you know, the physique of their dreams is genetically, for whatever reason, based on environmentally, what they've been exposed to, hormonally, whatever reasons you want to give, they will never look like that person. And there's got to be that acceptance, I feel. what well, is managing realistic expectations is they will never look that way. But in terms of social media, we've already discussed, I think it's not just what we're exposed to, but the voice it gives other people. So, you know, this is something I've spoken about on my own threads before, but it's... The, the comments that people leave uh, with regards to how other people look sometimes is, firstly, we have no idea how those people are feeling at a time. That may just be a cry for help. Like that is them. They want some validation from somewhere that actually I feel rubbish about myself. But, you know, if, if someone tells me I look great, that's, that's going to make me feel better. A little spark in the brain that makes you feel happy for that second. But, you know, at the same time is the vile comments that some people share is that could really bring someone down for a day. So it's, and if you think realistically as well, the comments that some people leave is you just would never, ever, face-to-face, you'd never talk to someone like that. You know, even via Skype, you know, you, you would never verbalise that. Mm. Uh, and we've got a choice whether to, you know, everyone's going to have their opinions. Everyone's going to be judgmental to a certain degree, but how we vocalise that and articulate that, that, that's choice. That's, you're either going out of your way to hurt someone's feelings, arguably, you know, offence is a choice, but when you're, you know, you're saying something that's directly related to how someone looks, um, which is innately them that they can't change. It's, it's going to have an effect. It's how they take it. It's a different story. Catch them on a bad day, that could ruin the rest of their day. Catch them on a good day, yeah. they could brush that off their shoulders. Bit of banter. Yeah. But I, that's, I mean, that's the power of the internet as a whole, isn't it? Like, it gives everyone a voice, a voice that most probably wouldn't choose to use, given, you know, face up to someone, like you say. Um, you only got to go on YouTube to realise that. The amount of ridiculously dumb oh, they, comments they on YouTube. They get out of control it's, on YouTube, don't they? You think to yourself, <laughs> they're, 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 out of all the comments on there's probably 1% of the population, no less than that, 0.01% of the population that would probably dare say the types of vile stuff they say on YouTube to someone's face. But I'm sure. You just you just wouldn't do it. It's just madness, really. But um, I get, So, I mean, do, do, it's do, do you... It's a reflection of themselves, though, isn't it? You know, often yeah. people... They're, they're feeling crappy about themselves, you know. I'm going to make someone else feel crappy about themselves as well. Mm, mm. I think like that's that's quite a common thing again across the internet. I think a lot of people, I, I, like it's probably a bit of a tangent, but what some of my thoughts often that I see in behaviours in people online, especially, is that they either just want to take people down to make themselves feel better, or they want they're happy for people to want people to succeed but not be better than them. They're, they're kind yeah. of two common traits I often see for people. So, oh, well done, yeah. But obviously, you can tell that there's there's some behaviours there that are, that are making them or stopping them, um, so fully supporting people at the risk of them being better than them themselves. Yeah, it's, I think it's just a innately sad human thing that you know. Unfortunately, there are a few that they want to see you do great until you're doing better than them, and then you know you, you lose that support. Yeah, that's that's. We're getting deep Freudian now. That's all. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I guess there's a, there's a bit of a tenuous link as well. No, I so, think it's relevant. So, so, so just, I mean, I guess like going back to this 
the, the Finspo part, the Finspiration bit. I mean, do you think that that whole movement and it's kind of just even the mere act of like looking at that type of stuff, because obviously a lot of us do looking for motivation. Do you think that's a positive thing or do you think it's something that just that in itself can lead to unhealthy behaviours in some way, whether it's like either diet or eating or, or exercise behaviours or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's, it's a sitting on the fence response in that it's both positive, positive and negative, but it's... Um you know, a certain personality type that's susceptible to taking that in a negative way. You know, for you know, we're all adults here. We're we're all in control of what we expose ourselves to. Whether we unfollow people, we filter our search lines. We take more time away from social media. But what terrifies me as a parent now is that this is eventually inevitable conversation I'm going to have with my daughter. And it's these life skills that we learn at school. Whether it's you know home economics, it's you know sex education, whatever it is. Children are going to need to be taught a lesson on how to deal with social media, um, you know, and ha- how to take everything with a pinch of salt because of what they're exposed to. Yeah. So this quite frightening image, I can't remember where I saw it, and it's, it's basically, she's only a tot, she must be four or five years old, and she's got this glamour magazine in front of her, but at the same time she's grabbing a, a, a load of her skin with a pair of scissors. Oh. I just thought, as, as an image, that, that kind of speaks volumes, but that's, that's the scary truth of it, is yeah. that? exposed to more of that from a younger age and there's only so much we can control of that yeah i'm sure i think that's quite that's quite a hard thing for you guys i suppose as well probably more um especially not not being a parent myself but being quite sort of more mature you've got got a dog on a tours i've got a dog on a tours that's true but they they're not very on social media that much really the dog is dogs on instagram all the time um but yeah, well, where I was going with that was kind of, as a parent, uh, do you necessarily, we don't necessarily have the tools to deal with that because my age, when there wasn't the internet when I was at school. I think in the last sort of year, we were able to send one message from one computer to the next. The person sat two computers away, so that's pretty yeah. pointless. But then, that, so now you're kind of having to learn a whole new parenting skill of dealing with like the social social media side of thing of right okay look you're going to be bombarded by sort of yeah. views on how you are whereas in the stuff in school once say you're getting grief at school which obviously bullying happen happens once school's ended it kind of ended there then mobile phones came obviously people were getting hassled by text now it's you've got the internet there's such a huge amount of access into people's private lives that you can get i I don't think uh, in in honesty i don't think adults are you know they're prepared for it really i mean you you look at how you know okay chucking it out there psychologically the what people put out there what they feel they need to put out there to you know reflect this perfect lifestyle they lead well we all know it's a show real but obviously there's something going on with that in their psyche that they feel they need to you know, this is my wonderful holiday, this is my wonderful house, this is my wonderful car, and yeah, it's, it's, it's a really interesting subject, but I, I am, I feel I would be ill-equipped because I don't fully understand it, you know, I, I could do my best with my daughter, and it's perhaps, you know, even if that's telling her messages, like, it's more important to be kind and clever than it is to be beautiful, and, you know, I think every dad's worst nightmare <laughs> the thought of their their daughter splashed over instagram and all these provocative poses but it's yeah it's <laughs> environmentally how do we put them in the best possible position to deal with that mm. i don't know it does it does genuinely worry me as a parent of a girl as well that 
they, I don't know why might like females tend to be, and it's not, it's not. I mean, like you said, the, the male population of people affected by this type of stuff is definitely either either on the up or growing, or it's just becoming more apparent. One of the two. Mm. Um, but you know, in my opinion, obviously, I feel like females are more susceptible to a lot of this stuff. So, as a parent of a of a small female, um, which is definitely a small female, um, definitely in personality as well. <laughs> she like I d- it does worry me as she grows up like the responsibility I have to try and I don't I want to say molder but I don't think that's really what I mean I don't think it's even fair or or even ethical but uh, as in just kind of like guide her in the the best possible way for like, one like the types of message you say but also around her own beliefs in herself so mm. what I mean by that is like I don't want her to grow up um from a health perspective, obviously, out of shape, overweight, or, or even underweight, or anything like that. But also, I don't want to grow up because I don't want her to have to worry and have all these negative images about herself. I want her to be strong and confident. I don't want mm. her to grow up. And it does worry me a lot that the society and Paul, all the things you just said around exposures is, is like going to affect a lot, and, and it's out of my control. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely that they, you know. Obviously, it's, it's individual, but we bring them up the best we can to value those attributes that aren't associated with perhaps how they look. You know, you know, it's be clever, be kind. You know, there's there's more value to be added than how you look doesn't define how happy or successful you're going to be in life. Mm. But I do I do think that's a thought process for a lot of people. Is we almost celebrate the Z-list celebrity culture, and that you know by having a body beautiful by having your teeth done by having cosmetic surgery at a young age is that that's going to then lead on to success wealth happiness um and academia is no longer celebrated that, that's what that's what it seems to me that's the message that i see conveyed quite yeah. a lot which is again quite scary in itself yeah i don't know if that comes down to like a financial thing in that nowadays obviously and i guess so i'm just jumping around in my head a little bit like financially it seems to be quite easy for a lot of people it seems to be quite easy for a lot of people to get rich from celebrity status instagram you know everyone's chasing that instagram dream of 10 million followers and making a living from youtube or whatever i don't know um i guess that's the dream people think like the easy route or the glamorous route whereas it's not quite so easy to get rich from like from academia or you know like other types of types of avenues so i guess i don't know if that's really the pull of why people get drawn to it or whether it is just because it's just glamorous you know want to be a youtuber or an influencer as people put it nowadays i think there's both sides because obviously there is i'm pushed to say skill but there is skill involved and things if you even if you looked at youtube how much there's obviously a hundreds of people that play online games that are recording that streaming that live making shed loads of money there's people do- lot. donating lots yeah. of money to them during the games. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, so you're playing... A, there is as the skills involved are decent at gaming and they are personable, I guess, for whatever whatever people follow them like their... Per- like, same with people that I followed in the nutrition world. I like their style. I like their... How they come across when they're talking. So not all, not like all though, right? Nor some. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's refined. Okay. That's refined over time, right? <laughs> yeah, that's refined over time. Um, but then, the, as you say, in the academia side, is a much more that's and that can be an instantaneous thing with the YouTube thing. Whereas academia takes time; it mm. does take. And again, it's no different to telling someone, "Okay, your calories are the overriding thing in your weight gain, your weight loss." It's 
the, the slow learning isn't sexy. People want everything now. The gratification in modern day is now. That's it, just right now. Yeah. Well, that's a great point, instant gratification. You can buy something off Amazon at like a swap now, can't you? You know, it's lethal. Yeah. You've got an Amazon account on your phone. It's like the code in, just... Yeah, it's got to the point of just like oh, I just put my thumb across it. That's it's done. Yeah, we want everything now because largely we can get everything now. So the thought of something longer, harder is is, is difficult to wrap your head around. Mm. We do in some cases. We do live in that world of instant gratification. Um, I I've kind of read about this a little bit before, and um, I suppose like ancestrally we have obviously needed to live in times where now matters whereas we don't really live in that time anymore do we where now doesn't matter quite so much as it used to because not not having something that dan's just decided to leave i think i've obviously sorry i am here i'm just getting schoolboy. i'm just getting my charger cable <laughs> um yeah i guess like i say if we didn't have something now a million years ago we would die you know like food as an example whereas now we don't really kind of live in that environment where um instant gratification is quite so required but we still we want it still because it's built in with us. I think is you know it's, it's kind of like inbuilt in our heads, and I guess that's why a lot of people kind of rack up debt a lot because they kind of have to have things now, or um, like even the, the social media affirmation thing. I think is linked into it in some way, in that people get this gratification or affirmation or whatever words you want to use when they got you know like they're, they're waiting for the phone to ping up, so they got a like on their picture or yeah, which I, I don't, though, isn't it? Want and need. Oh, 100 percent. We're all confused. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, it's something that, as I've matured, dare I say that, um, over time, as I've got older, I definitely have become less of that. I'm I'm now almost like the opposite of my personality probably would have been a decade ago. In that, I was very much an instant gratification type of person. Now I'm like, and, and I will actually attribute this to nutrition, learning more about that, experience of how food relates as well, because obviously a lot of the time, like instant gratification with food leads to poorer habits than someone who's can be prepared to wait and you take like the experiment of is it the marshmallow experiment where um obviously they gave kids marshmallows they said like here's one if you eat it now you don't get another one if you don't eat it later on you get another one and they were obviously were testing how many kids and pretty much all the kids i think from the research ate the marshmallow straight away like no one could sit there in a room waiting for the marshmallow thinking that i'll get two later if i don't eat it now um and i guess like obviously you know that's very much how humans behave you know i know they were kids but this you know it's the same thing um don't really know where i was going with that to be honest um but i, th I think like i suppose it, it just shows really like the dieting thing body image you know like we all want something maybe that we can't have i suppose maybe where my thought process was going yeah and it's you know for some people i think it's just the realization is just that, that just won't happen and that, that's the truth of it is as we said it's you know for some people genetically they're just never going to look a certain way but that's fine it's just and that to me is what body positivity is it's just being 100 percent accepting in that it's not solely on what you look like but it's actually being grateful for what your body does for you as well mm. um and not not just specifically with the women i work with but it's appreciating the things that perhaps you you don't like about your body what they do for you, you know, like myself, a complaint of mine is big backside, big legs, but then they've always been okay strength-wise. So actually, although they're a nightmare to buy trousers for and jeans for, I appreciate them more because they're, you know, physically what they can do for me. 
and I think that, that's a great attitude for other people to have as well. It's, yeah, definitely. We, we often look in a mirror and the first thing we look at is the, the first thing we don't like about ourselves when it's actually quite tough to list five things that you like about yourself. Mm. 100%. That can change the way you look at yourself for the rest of the day, though. Yeah, I think... Gen- and again, practicing habits, that can, you know, as a daily thing, that can, that can be a new habit ingrained and lead to different ways of feeling different about yourself. Yeah, sure. the point I'm making. No, no, no. I, actually, I think it's just a generally like an amazing attitude to have in life. Like, because there's always going to be things you can moan or complain about, negatives. But if you can find the positive in stuff, as as cheesy or cliche as it sounds, it you'll just be generally a happier person, and generally probably more liked by people because people see you as a happier person. Um, you just generally create a nice environment for you and everyone around you. Yeah, it's a bit of self-care, I see it as as well, is, you know, is especially when we're talking about the social media side of things, is what you're exposed to, is mm-hmm. what can you do to, generally, if, if what someone else is posting on your social media feed is making you feel a bit crap, just get rid of them. Mm. You know, we, we are in charge of that, we are in charge of what we expose ourselves to, so any opportunity to make ourselves feel better, better about ourselves, even if that's taking ourselves away from it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you obviously met up with Tanya recently, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So I remember obviously her saying something along the lines of like, and it's obviously not something I haven't heard before, but it was still something that I think is really valuable. And like, if there's uh, negative influences in your life, why can't you just get rid of them? And obviously, I remember her say, putting out a post that like, just just go through and just delete everyone that's causing negative behaviours from like your social media, from Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. Um, I appreciate it's not so easy if it's friends or family as such if they are negatively into you, but really you want to surround yourself by. By, by good influences, not not negative stuff. So that kind of stuck out. I just thought it was quite a cool thing. Yeah, the unfollow button on Facebook's great because you don't have to. I think it is that that whole. I don't want to cause offence thing, but actually, if someone's making you crappy, should you be sorry for removing them? But mm. Facebook, you can unfollow someone. You don't have to remove them. Um, so they would never know. No, no. <laughs> no, I think the difficult thing is when it is someone in person. You know, if you've got friends that are negatively influencing you. Um, whether it's a body image thing or whether it's actually just they're giving you poor nutritional habits and it's not helping you achieve your goal, which often is something that you see. Um, whether it's like sabotages in the office or whether it's friends wanting to get you out on the beers all the time and it's something you don't want to do because obviously it does make, maybe if you've got a, a goal for weight loss a lot harder, then it's not so easy to say, like, I'm just going to cut you out of my life because it's not helping me achieve my goal. But on the flip side, sometimes if you want to look after yourself, you have to do something about it. Yeah, and it's an awareness of their behaviours and why they do it as well. You know, a lot of a lot of time it's other people's insecurity speaking. That, that, I mean, that that's a thought process I've had to change in my head over the years. Is that you know, bants especially the blokes. It's you got to be pretty thick skinned, and that is definitely something I learned at the rugby club. Is you, you know, I grew rhino skin that year because sign of weakness and outs yeah. they're on you. And that, that's I think what it's like with guys and bants, especially if you're being insecure about something. I think that's one of the sort of worries that I kind of I feel might be becoming an, an issue because obviously I'm not sticking to like gym sort of your average gym girl but gym good bodybuilding and I suppose is to a point compared to a team sport it's not so the social the social side of it it's not like I play I played football for most of my life and the sort of like you say rugby the grief you get in there you do develop a thick skin, so you kind of, whereas team sports seem to be, obviously not so many people involved in that as much, I don't I don't feel now. 
are are the sort of future young lads or girls as well are they that will they not have that sort of ability to deal with the banter sort of side of things and i know obviously it affects people differently with every with everyone even if you are in a sports team some people are going to take take it to heart a bit more because even if i look back to school and i was quite a very tiny teenager i think i was like five foot two when i left school in sunstone and then so daily get sort of locked in a locker or chucked in a bin occasionally and whereas that would be quite viewed as quite horrific bullying i think now but to <laughs> me it was just yeah it's just what it was i gave as good as i got but just at the time my physicality and size <laughs> wasn't optimal to not being chucked in lo- in a bin or a locker it's just the way it is but that's now that seems to be that would affect some people a lot more negatively obviously mm. yeah i think it depends on you know character type personality type and all those exposures like early in life obviously they do shape us as adults you know like banter for example i could take my fair share but if we go down the the fat route I have a major, major humour dysfunction over that. It's like fat jokes just don't fly. <laughs> Still now, mm. um, but the, you know, I, I, I guess I associate that with a lot of ridicule and feelings of self worth and low self esteem and stuff at school. So I'll, I'll take that stuff, but it, it probably will bite me a little bit more than anything else. And yeah, you, d- you don't know what people have been through and no, yeah, totally. our experiences shape us, don't they? So just kind of bringing it back to the, the body image thing then. So what what do you think like are the main dangers of people with that, that that does suffer with like a poor perception of body image or an actual body image disorder? Well, long term. Either, well, any, really. Yeah, I, it, it, that's a really tough question in that I think it's, it'd be easy but very presumptuous and probably inaccurate to say that, you know, it's been likened to things like depression and mental health disorders, but... Arguably, that's most things we're exposed to. Could you know? Could you link it to that? Cyberbullying has become a thing, hasn't it? Um, where you know, sadly, people are taking their lives um, due to what they're receiving online. And it's as we've already said, we're just not we're ill-equipped. We don't know how to deal with that. Um, so yeah, I don't know the answer in honesty. Yeah. Well, I think you'll see with if you've got that type of the issue. It, it's not just going to be negative for yourself. Obviously, if then you're going on to be a parent, that the likelihood of you passing on that neg- that sort of those issues to your kids could happen, can it? Yeah. If you're happy with yourself, and then your kids are seeing that, or whatever, especially around sort of negative sort of nutritional advice or mm. habits in the home. Obviously, we see that quite a lot. You see. If a parent is freely eating lots of sort of high, high calorie dense foods, then the likelihood of the kids having that as well is is going to be quite high, isn't it? It's going, yeah. And then the cycle just keeps going. Well, likewise, you know, what does a, a what happens to a child that constantly sees their parent checking themselves out in the mirror? You know, pinching rolls of fat, or you know, you can't eat that for this reason. You know, you can't eat gluten for this, or you mustn't t- touch sugar for that. You know, what you know, we don't know what the the long term implications of that is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. I this mean, is way beyond body image, though, isn't it? Uh, well, I just—I suppose it's just where wherever it, the conversation is flowing with it. I get, like I say, just like we came out at the start, really. I guess I know it's all opinion, but 
it's just so interesting to see people's thought, thought, thought processes on it, um, especially people that are within this industry, because this industry, obviously, being what it is, is rife with it. And I mean, like for me, one of the biggest dangers, like around for, for body image disorders, whatever, is just the negative behaviours that then causes um, either depression, like you said, Dan's probably for me quite a big thing. And like, and I guess that branches out into so many different avenues, depression, but um, like eating disorders. You know, you kind of link in with it because I guess you get, you could potentially have or suffer from types of eating disorders, which then either can be like physically harmful. So if you kind of then move into like the, the anorexia or bulimia, uh, nervosa, that type of stuff, um, which obviously can have quite severe effects, if not death, uh, or effects on health, if not death. So that that can, you know, for me that's a huge issue with with body image disorders, but also the just general well-being and just general happiness, like. If people are obsessing about comparing themselves to others, obsessing about their own weight, you know, kind of things that we said about in terms of pinching body fat and like constantly being self-conscious about themselves. For me, if that then really leads into anxiety and depression and just like severe unhappiness, you know, that's yeah. just not a good place to be for anyone, you know, like, that, and that's an understatement. So for me, like, they're, for, they're, they're like some of the biggest dangers, in my opinion. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I think it's um, the biggest danger as well is, you know, if it becomes, if your body body image disorder or, you know, perceptions of it become socially crippling to the point you feel, you know, you can't go out for meals or, you know, and I, I say that openly in that it's something I sometimes spot in others, you know, people that have been on the competition circuit, you, you know, they never want to go out, they never want to socialise, they only socialise with people that are, the, are themselves and not to the extent they have a, an eating disorder but there's definitely disordered eating going on yeah. um I, I, it's, it's recognize it in others but then recognize it themselves which is the, the first point of call in terms of help as well yeah i know totally and that's that's definitely the hard part i mean i mean for for me for me would you say or say for me would you say like bodybuilders or people within I want to say within the fitness industry, but I guess that could probably actually include anyone that picks up their phone and looks at Instagram, I suppose. Would you say that they're like the types of people that obsess about stuff? Is it, is it caused by, so, so let's go back to bodybuilding example, actually. So would you say bodybuilders that have issues is caused by bodybuilding or would you kind of go back with your original line to where you said it's probably more likely people are predisposed and they're attracted to bodybuilding because of it? I think it's probably a predisposed thing, but that's, that's, a byproduct of what they've been exposed to environmentally growing up. You know, it's a, not just a nature thing, it's a nurture thing. Mm. I think, I, I don't know whether people are innately like that, is my, is my honest answer. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just because for me, I like, I've always thought, you could almost argue that most, if not everyone that ever competes has probably got some form of disordered eating slash eating disorder. Um, just by nature of kind of wanting to even get through that type of stuff, you know, just because they want to look at that that way. You could argue, like, and don't get me wrong, like it's, it's just opinion. It's just you know, I'm saying you could argue. I'm not saying obviously I'm I'm right in saying mm. that. And I've I've kind of made that air quotes joke before. Um, and and like you almost think like again, you know, you think about the types of individuals that are kind of constantly looking at fitspiration stuff. Um, mm. Again, like you could say, you know, anyone that does that is kind of and obsessing over pictures of other people as, as looking for motivation, would you say that they they could potentially you know they all have some sort of disordered um, 
not eating necessarily because obviously I guess they might not all be to have eaten but some sort of disordered either eating disorder or distorted body image of some sort well the difficulty is I think is that you know these these images of health like men's health men's fitness stage shots are far from that and I don't, I don't think general population realise that so that's always something I try to stress is that you know that is an extreme physiologically our bodies aren't built to stay that, that lean Mm. you know for that long and arguably people may look their best but they probably feel their worse mm. um, and that, that's not a point of health it's it's a subjective term isn't it health what is health to you it's, it's different from everyone yeah. <clears throat> no, that's a fair point it's something I don't know if <clears throat> sorry, sorry. no I was, I was just going to say on, on that you know you said about the competition and photo shoots and whatnot I'm, I'm a firm believer in whether it's positively or negatively your relationship with food is never the same. Once you're aware of caloric values of foods, even if that's the extent of eyeballing it, you know, certain macronutrients, their energy values, is your relationship with food is never the same. Um, and that's, you know, whether that's positive or negative for some people, it's a different story. So actually, I'm, just, I'm glad you said that, mate, because today, after my run, there's a really nice, uh, like, street food <coughs> pizza van um, that is, like, quite well-known locally to me. And I was picking stuff off the menu today, and they had a really good deal on what was like a breakfast calzone. So you know, obviously like calzone with, with like mm. breakfast fillings, like sausage, bacon, beans, you know, usual stuff. And I didn't have it because in my head I was thinking, actually, you know, like I know the caloric value of a lot of the types of foods in there. And I just mm. went for ham and pineapple pizza instead. And you arguably is it much better, you know, but it was like the better of the two options when actually I might have been, if I was purely gone on what I would have probably wanted to eat, I would have probably went with the breakfast calzone. But yeah, it's, point, it's like Neo from the Matrix. All you see is code. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's what we spend our time doing, though, isn't it? <clears throat> Even if, in the viewpoint of, again, dieting, you're trying to find the most bang for your calorie buck, as it were. Mm. So we are kind of obsessing. So you're spending a lot more time searching through the supermarkets to find, right, this, this bread slice is five calories less than this bread slice than this bread slice than this so i think the obsession sort of sort of in, in disordered eating just is it's just that it can be positive and negative but it is everywhere and it is like you say once you are enlightened and you become aware of like okay the energy seesaw balance this is how you manipulate it you do get that sort of a small form of obsession of trying to sort of have it in your favour constantly. Mm. Get the most sort the most volume for your out of your food by mixing this with this and you're mm. gonna get a smoothie bowl that's fill up a bathtub for twenty calories and yeah. you know, that's it, just how it is. It was just interesting Dan that you said it because uh like it's not that I didn't know. Like it, I, I would have I just maybe wasn't quite as conscious. And as soon as you said it, I thought, you know what, I did that today. It's exactly what I did today. Yes, you, you, we, we all, I guess when you've got an awareness of it naturally it's like even a meal you plan on enjoying you go out for a big fat burger and it's subconsciously you're dissecting like that's this many grams of protein this many grams of fat it's approximately this much in calories yeah. so whether you consciously adjust your day based on that is a different story that's when arguably I'd say it's a little bit obsessive compulsive yeah. but because you have an awareness of calories and the energy density of foods is, I think you can't help but stick a value on it it's, it's impossible not to no, no. I, I, I don't unless you're eating with a blindfold on yeah no totally I, I'd almost go as far to say it's very rare a scenario where I don't 
pick a food off a menu. Uh, no, I'm going to be careful I word this. But very, it's, it's, I'd almost never pick a food solely based on exactly what I want to eat. Almost never. I'm going to even state it as as black. Well, you uh, should, you but, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, so if, like, there might be a spectrum of like there'll be a certain parts of foods what they're more in a more acceptable range of either a mixture of uh, more nutritious, more um, calorie based for my goals, or there might be something that's obviously more on the, the you know kind of just general hedonic eating pleasure style. But generally, and they'd be right at the end of I'm just purely eating for pleasure. Like most foods I eat will be pleasure with an element of, you know, this is the better option of maybe two bad options almost. A bit like the pizza today, you know, like there would be a point in time where I wouldn't even have a pizza because I would have yeah. felt like, it's, you know, I couldn't do it. But obviously like today, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy myself and have a pizza. But when it came to picking a pizza, I picked the better of two pizzas, you know, almost. So, yeah, it's interesting, actually. Food's a massively emotive thing, isn't it? You know, arguably on the flip side of that is... People, people who eat certain foods, but then have those feelings of guilt and shame, and you know want to undo that afterwards. But that that's a whole new, another can of worms. Yeah, that's the whole clean eating ideology and moralising terminology is a whole other bugbear of mine. But maybe we'll do that one another time. <laughs> no, no. Well, I guess like is, so. Maybe it feels like a nice way to kind of start to round off the conversation around kind of like treatments. Then for is there is there any treatments or is there any kind of habits or you know, things that we think we can tell people to, to kind of help them if they feel like maybe they are on that realms of some sort of negative body image? I think just a, a self-awareness thing is like, you know, awareness of oneself in that are you susceptible to being influenced by what you're exposed to social media-wise, images in the media, etc. How does that make you feel? How can you best filter that in your life as well? Is that, you know, as adults, we are in control of that. If Facebook and Instagram, unless you rely on it for business or you solely spend your time on there for business, just unfollow certain people, you know, delete the apps. When I'm, I mean, I have got my phone on me today, but a Sunday, for example, I've got an old school Nokia now. You know, I just, I, I can't resist those little notifications on my phone normally. So my main phone goes off, like my wife, my sister, my mum have got the, the numbers, the other one, contact me in emergency. Sundays I just don't do social media because it, it it does make everyone feel a bit crappy sometimes, but sort of as a distraction and without sounding too woo-woo and cheesy, it's, it detracts you from being present and actually enjoying the stuff that I feel matters in my life. That if that's a constant distraction for me, I'm not going to get the most out of things. Did, should, um, should that not be on a Thursday, not a Sunday? On <laughs> Thursday. Phone, radio science, phone, I can do it on a Thursday. Phone shop Sunday sounds awful, whereas phone, phone swap Thursdays, that should be. Yeah, I mean, when I go on holiday as well, is I, I delete the apps, just totally delete the apps off my phone. Yeah. Uh, goes without saying, unfollow certain people. But I think, you know, obviously within the scope of practice, I'm no psychologist, but if, if it is recognisable that that stuff's kind of getting on top of you, there's a lot of time spent in your own head with that inner narrative that it's um, probably best to seek help elsewhere outside of a nutritionist or a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people go... They, they look for motivation, they go for a personal trainer for those. But, if, you know, it's, I found in a few cases over the years, so I've been working for people close to 13 years now, it's, it's often nothing to do with food or exercise at all. And actually, the help they need isn't the help I can give them. Yeah. They need to go elsewhere for that. Um, but that, that's got to come from them. Yeah. No, that's which mad. is the hardest. 
yeah, yeah. And that, that is genuinely massively admirable, ad admirable, mate. Um, because I completely agree. Like once, once kind of the health aspects are covered, the physical health aspects are covered. Um, you know, decent BMI, decent body weight range. You know, kind of can move well. You know, generally not deficient in many vitamins, minerals, minerals. Um, most of the rest of the issues are psychological, and therefore, you know, like you say, are we really qualified to help? Probably not in most occasions. So. Um, say probably not most occasions, maybe that's a bit harsh, but still, I get the point. Um, cool. I guess like I don't know if anyone picked up, and I don't. I think we touched on it, but I kind of want to mention around like the social media show reel, highlight reel. I know it was kind of mentioned, but for me, it's like really obvious that you're only ever going to post your most impressive, you know, like the likable parts, the highlight reels on your social media. How how much do you think people are actually aware that that's the case, or do you think that people do fall into this stigma of that? Oh, I think they've got the perfect life. I think you used that phrase, didn't you, Dan? Um, do you think people yeah. kind of realise realise that it's not the perfect life? Again, I think it's a little bit of a personality type that has to be susceptible to that. But then, arguably, it's our own mindset on any set set day. You know, you could be. I'd like to think I'm very very well, very conscious of it, but. You know, if I'm feeling a bit rubbish and I've had a rubbish day, I'd be like, oh, well, that looks great, you know. It's, it's, I think that's just normal, that's human. Mm. But um, actually being able to disassociate from that. And, yeah, as you said, realise it is a highlight reel. When, oh, I mean, I, we're only in control of what we put out there. So I, I try to be as transparent as possible. And that um, I was actually made really aware of it the other day is that one of my online clients, we had a call and they, they were like, oh, you, you know, you never have a bad day, Dan. And I think the following week I made a conscious effort to put my shitty days out there because that's not life and if i'm if that that's the message that i'm putting out there, that's the wrong message i'm actually i'm feeling the monster i'm you know i'm trying to fight against is i would hope that more prof more fitness professionals are transparent you know mm -hmm. i think it's important it's important for people to see you know we've all got our vulnerabilities um, we're not superhuman and we're not robots it's, it's important you know it's a personable job people buy into people i believe and you know, the same as, you know, from our position when we want to work with certain people is I'd rather the people that I work with approach me because they know a little bit about me and the sort of person that I am. They're going to be a coachable person. If I've tried, you know, I'm sugar-free Sally living a gluten-free life, um, an idealistic lifestyle and someone approaches me, they're going to be really disappointed and I'm probably going to find them really hard work to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I, I just want to, like, bring it back just a second then because you said something interesting to me in that um the, the the point around obviously you don't have bad days um as as much yeah i do 100 agree obviously that everyone has bad days and stuff i'd probably argue you have probably have less bad days than dare I say it, the people that probably come into you for help because you have obviously lots of good habits instilled for both your health and kind of well-being and that does then kind of translate into probably less bad days than maybe your average person which yeah, is the, which is which, which yeah. is the, the power you've got to basically pass that education on to them so they can get in the same position. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make, I suppose. Um, so I, I just don't want to walk past that because I actually think it's really powerful. I think it's really powerful to think, well, actually, Dan, like it's it's super cool that you are telling people the the you know the realism of it and that you you're not perfect. You don't have the you know like the perfect life. You don't have that uh, you know that that like superhuman powers. But you, what you do have is actually, I have built a life where I really focus on health and well-being by 
blah, 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 all these things I do. And therefore, I probably do have less day, less poorer days. And I genuinely believe that's true. Yeah, the, the frequency of those are, are probably less than those. But as you said, it's you know that's that's years of ingraining those. Mm. But inevitably, still, we are all human. You know, I have days where I don't. You know, I'm not mindful of what I'm eating. You know, we, we've all had it. We're watching something in front of the TV, and you, you know, you're scratching away at the, the bottom of a bag of crisps where you've just inhaled a bag of it. And actually, I wasn't conscious. I made some really bad food choices, but mm. I am aware of that, and um, I can best rectify that. Inevitably, it will happen again. But they might not be as frequent as yours, but they do happen. I do, mm. As you said, I do think it's important that people know that. But, Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's from all those habits that we work so hard on. Yeah. It comes with time. It's important that people understand that there's a lot of time, consistency, and patience involved. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool. Right. Paul, have you got anything you want to add? No, I think this has been a very enjoyable episode. Yeah, I, I, I super enjoyable. I, I really love this type of stuff. Like I said to you before we start recording it, Dan, I love the psychology element of it. and. I'm not, I wouldn't even say I'm very good at it, but I just like discussing it. So, yeah, super cool. Yeah, no, I've, mate, guys, it's, it's fascinating. I've really enjoyed it. So, thank you so much for having me on. Um, before you go, the super non nutritional related questions, which obviously you listen, so you know what I'm going to ask you. This is why I should throw a curveball in so you have different answers. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you've thought about these. But no, um, let's, let's go through the questions. I'm interested to know what your favourite flexible food is uh granola is like my kryptonite i see anything cereal based really or serene malt loaf as well mm. squidgy doughy goodness cakiness yeah anything kind of oat based oat based and sweet i'm more of a sweet guy like so like flapjacks or things like that right. i'm not yeah um savory stuff i can take or leave really it's, it's sweets in my downfall so very much so. Obviously, I'm, I know Paul is the opposite. Crisps. Crisps. Crisps, really. Crisps. Well, I say that, apart from pop chips, other crisps are available. Do, do, do I, actually, yeah. Do you know what I did have the other day, actually, which I'm, you know, like I said, I'm more of a sweet man and savoury stuff. That's a good way to describe it. I can take or leave most savoury stuff. I did have, and I think they're, oh, what brand are they now? Oh, it's a really shit story if I can't tell the brand. <laughs> um, oh, what are they called? They're like, I, I know they're like Sloan's Max Flavor. They're like some sort of Ridge Crisps. I can't think the life of me what brand they are, but like the big McCoy's? family bags. It might be McCoy's. So that sort of thing. Um, they're, like, they're called Max Flavor, and I think all of them were some sort of hot flavor, like cheap. Like, oh, no, yeah, they're, yeah, they're the new ones. There's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> Chris, man. There's like chicken wing, like a hot chicken wing. Yeah, flavor, isn't I, I have best, best with beer. Yes, that, yes. Yeah. They're the ones. Jalapeno yeah, cheese ones. Oh, my days. Yeah. They were amazing. They were literally, like, I don't know how someone can get a crisp to taste like jalapeno cheese. I just don't get it. It just that, that blew my mind. I was like, "Wow!" Like this, these are amazing. And I'm not even a crisp fan. Like, I can genuinely take all yeah, these. Three different strengths of heat. Aren't yeah, they? They, they, they they had some heat actually, For, yeah. especially when jalapenos aren't exactly that hot chilies. Um, mm. Whatever they put in those ones were were, were good. But no, um, very nice Chris. So shout out to whatever brand makes those those crisps. <laughs> I need to go. I'm, I'm just going to go out to the 24 yeah. uh, supermarket. Yeah, and go buy them. Mate, buy all three flavors. We had two of them. I can't, <laughs> remember, what, I can't remember what the other flavor was now, but they were also very nice. I um, think I think they're Walkers. Are they I'm Walkers? Thinking, might be. I think so. I don't know. The new, but, yeah, they're definitely the ones that said "Great with beer" on them. Yeah, because I remember yeah. that. I remember that. <laughs> good, 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 good man slogan. Um, 
Right, next question then. So, um, what is your favourite burger joint? Burger joint? It's actually one really quite local to me. Oh, so, do you have any around Southend Way? Or? No, we don't have many. There's a couple, but there is one. I actually know the, the owners quite well, which is not, not, not the reason. But they do, um, it's Monge 2 Restaurant in Southend. Um, hopefully they'll appreciate that. But they're, they're really cool guys there. They're nice people as well. Mm. But they do a burger called the Capone Burger. Right. Uh, I think it. it's, it's two, uh, two squish patties. There's Swiss cheese in it. There's onion rings in it. There is, I believe, beef brisket. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. It's, it's, it's a good burger. It's a really good burger. Wow. Yeah, so that one. When I, when I come nice back. Brioche bun. When I come down and visit, mate, that's where we're going then. Well, I hold you to that. Yeah. I, I think when I went to Colchester Zoo, went to Love Thy Burger. I don't know if you've been around that way. Was that in Colchester? In Col- yeah, on the high street. No, I didn't. Uh, uh, well, I haven't, I should yeah, say. That was quite good. Uh-huh. Yeah, it wasn't. That was pretty decent. Hmm. I don't want to speak to a burger connoisseur as well. So. Yeah, it could be worse. Steve last week said, oh, I would look for a Burger King or a McDonald's. What? I said, if you weren't such a big bastard... I would, I would have come and found them up in Scotland, but he is a big bastard, so I won't. <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't believe it. And then he said five guys. Like five guys, seriously. I have a confession. I've never experienced five guys. You're not missing. Well, to be fair, like, like I know I get a bad rep. Everyone thinks I'm angry about five guys, and that's not true. Um, I'm not angry about five guys. It's, it's good. I do, I do think it's a really good burger, and I do like it. For me, though, they're just so much better burgers. It's a bit like the carb killer. Like, carb killers are good, I'm not going to lie, but there are far better bars out there now um, than a carb killer. It's just one of those things, and Five Guys are the same. You're paying 30, <coughs> smart 30, bar. Exactly, smart bar. They are, no, they are very good. Um, <laughs> smart, but like the Diet Whey bars are nice. However, they're, they're, for me, they're, they're in a different category. They are a diet bar. They're not in the same category as a smart bar or that type of other protein bar. So, um, yeah. They're calorie conscious. Yeah, they just- are. Just, just for reference. Yes, they're the ones, Paulie. Walkers, yeah, Walkers, Max Strong. There you go. What are the other flavors? Uh, chili and lime are the one fling. Mm. Hot chicken wings are the two fling. Oh, and fun. jalapeno and cheese are the three fling. There you go. That's why they had a bit of kick. So they definitely, like, as soon as I had one, I was like, wow, they've got some they're kicking it. So, yeah, it wasn't small. Lovely. Yeah, on your next podcast, you'll be talking about env- environmental influences when you walk into su- supermarkets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should podcast while you're walking around. Yeah, munching on massive bags of chips. Yeah. <laughs> like you say, other crisp variants are available. Um, probably don't get sued now, do we? Not again, anyway. Um, right, next question then is uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? And remember, it doesn't have to be nutrition-related. What others think of you is none of your business. Like it. That's a great yeah, thing. Like can, I, can I steal that? You can, can have that it? one. Thank yeah, you. I can't remember who I stole. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, you know. That's so just, true. Yeah. It's very true. And would you want to know anyway? Probably not. So, yeah. What other people think of you. It's not any business. Yeah. Well, the, the, the irony of that as well is that what other people probably think of you is probably not what you're thinking they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said, like, if, you, if like, you're so self-conscious of stuff in public, you know, as, as a human race we are, but in someone's head, 
probably haven't even paid any attention to you whatsoever. You know, if you're if you're feeling self-conscious walking down the road because of the way you look or what you're dressed as or um, all that type of stuff. To be honest, even if someone did notice, within about 10 seconds, you're probably completely off their mind and they'd never ever think of you again. So it's kind of like, why should we worry? So I just thought that was quite nice actually you said that because it kind of fits in into that. Cool. And last question. Would you rather be attacked by <laughs> Paul? Why are you smacking? I don't know why you think <laughs> he's already laughing. Uh, I just like that we still go with this question. We still go with this question every time, yeah. And you're so opinionated on and it. And I am still opinionated, yes. I'm opinion on everything, you know that. I've I've such True. an opinion. Um like Bray's Bray's gate, yeah. Um I actually before I ask the question then, I bought two tubs of the salted caramel cake Bray's today. It's very have you tried it yet? No, you I haven't. Uh, you know, I haven't been impressed with other brayers. No. Let's face it, none of it's ice cream anyway. But in terms of like low calorie ice creams, the other brayers I just wouldn't even buy again. But uh, in, in comparison to Halo Top or Oppo, but yeah, the salted caramel cake is, in my opinion, of course. But yeah, that, they got, just 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 on that, like Matt Morgan, uh, we had this conversation me and Matt. Whereas like everyone's like, that's your opinion. We've all got different tastes. Yeah, I know that. But what annoys me is like what you just did. But you have to say, in my opinion, it's like, yeah, well, if you're stating something that isn't factual, that is subjective. I'm, I, I can take it as granted that's your opinion. That's, I don't know why people have to do that. Like, it's like, in my opinion. I apologise. But no, 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 it's, it's not actually, to be honest, like, it's not the fact that someone has to say it that bugs me. It's the fact that someone has to say it. Like, I should be able to express my opinion without saying, in my opinion. Now, if I say to you, nah, nah, mate, five guys is shit. Someone shouldn't turn around and go, oh, in your opinion is shit. Well, of course it's in my opinion because you can't it's, it's subjective so I don't, shouldn't have to express it's my opinion anyway sorry I'm just going on a bit of a rant now aren't I? <laughs> but, but you're forgetting that you could be seen as a f- an figure of authority oh so, I see it no I don't, I don't, that's I where don't, you've got to start saying <laughs> my opinion <laughs> is that how it works I didn't know it that it's awesome Paul is a bit opinionated in my opinion yeah. he is <laughs> even Matt Morgan is like that oh nightmares yeah. We are nightmares because the thing is, it's funny as well. Like we we got such strong opinions on stuff, and a lot of them do align very well. But we also have a lot of stuff that doesn't align. But then, mm. then also, Matt does purposely not align with everything just so he can be controversial, <laughs> doesn't he? Hashtag well, cool. Mister Controversial. Yeah. Like he doesn't even like <laughs> shoes. He does. He just won't wear shoes. Like you know, he. What else? What else? Paul, give me some. Give me some trailblazer. Makes his own rules. Yeah. I like Everyone likes Matt. We like Matt. We love Matt. You know, he's a fan. But, and we wish him well after his surgery. But he, he does like to be controversial for the sake of being controversial, in my opinion. <laughs> so. God, I hate it when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, right. Anyway, let's get to the duck and horse thing. So would you rather be attacked by one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? <sighs> I think duck-sized horse. Duck-sized horse? Horse-sized duck. Horse-sized duck. Horse-sized duck, yeah. As horses one. are clever. Yeah, because horses are clever. They, they've got that pack mentality. I think they'd lure you into a corner, stomp you down, and you could perhaps tame a duck, maybe. With some bread. And some yeah. Pe- and some peanut butter. And some, free. some gluten-free, happiness-free bread, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my thought process. My um, it's the right, it's the right, it's the right one. <laughs> That's your opinion. It's the, it's the yes. right one. 
no, it's been cool, mate. To be honest, uh, super cool having you on. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Really enjoyed it, fellas. Thanks so much for having me on. No, I loved, I loved having the chat. Um, now's your chance to throw out your socials. Anyone that wants to find out more, doesn't know you're ready, then obviously can go follow you. So you want to shout your uh, Instagram, um, which I think you're mostly, although obviously you're, you're busy on Facebook as well, aren't you? But obviously your website and stuff as well, chuck it all out. Yeah, I do, I do put a bit on my Facebook. That's just Dan Osman. You'll find me. I put most of my public stuff out on there anyway. Ace underscore Dan underscore Osman on Instagram and www.aceperformance.co.uk for my website. Um, and then hopefully podcast soon. I'm also, if it doesn't, if you don't, guys don't mind me mentioning, I've got an educational nutritional seminar in September, uh, which will be in the Thought Bay area in Essex. If you're in and around the place, on fat loss fixes so some real pragmatic sustainable uh, tools and methods for everyday joe cool how do they uh, get more information on that you'll find that on my instagram but you have to follow me first won't you yeah well that's right as long as people know where to go because obviously we want people to miss out yes thank you no cool well uh, we'll we'll whip that up on ours as well can't we Thank you, guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. No, big, big, super. Thank you for me again, mate. Just to, for having on, and um, obviously we'll catch up soon. We've obviously made that play date for the children. So well, are you? Will I see you guys next week? Um, no, well, well, I'm not going. Paul, I don't know if you, are you going now or are you? No, I'm not now. No. We'll catch up soon anyway. That'd be cool. Yeah. It's a shame because obviously yeah. we've we've said we we're going to have some tequilas, didn't we? But yeah, that'll there, be another one. Forward. There'll be yeah. another time. Yeah, I've well, got seven bottles sitting in my cupboard. There'll be definitely be another time. Yeah, well, just make sure when you get the hot tub then, then we can get the invite round. <laughs> the towie camera's round here. Okay, yeah, I'll sort that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Adios then. Great. See you, fellas. Have a good evening. Take care, bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.